What up, y'all? We are back. It's Tuesday, so you know it's in the huddle. Uh, as things start, this is live. Bear with us if things are looking just a little bit less classy, a little bit less clear than you're used to. We're looking for some things to push through, but we're still here. We're going to talk some Vikings, and uh, I don't know. We got Flip here. Got to ask him the questions because uh, they're back at 500, so it's time to look ahead. And, uh, and find out, is this Vikings team for real? We got some other questions on deck, but uh, Dave, play the music and we'll get to them. Welcome to Climbing the Pocket Network's In the Huddle, where your favorite Climbing the Pocket personalities get together and talk all things Minnesota Vikings. All right, all right, let's go. We're back. It looks like we're a little more clear than we were before, so let's jump right in. Let's talk some Vikings. Before I send it to the man, the myth, the legend, the Flip Mozzie, I just got to give a shout out to Raymond, to Mary, to Vikings Jerome, to Daniel, quite possibly the best speller that we have in all of the comments right now, (laughs) rocking out with the skull. Clifford, good to see you. Let's do this. Let's get in. Dave, as always, pleasure to see you. We got Dan in the building. Let's talk some Vikings because, you know, Flip, I feel like the last time we were here talking about this team, the vibe was a lot different, you know? We were were in a place where we were kind of talking about, should this be the end for a lot of people here? The team was not playing the way we wanted to see them play. They were playing really scared. Kirk Cousins had an A dot of like three. Mike Zimmer was never doing what he needed to do to push the edge on fourth down. And all of a sudden, we got a new team. We got Kirk pushing the ball downfield. We got jump balls to Justin Jefferson. We got Mike Zimmer just pulling out the stops. We're going for it on special teams. Like, Flip, what happened? Is this team for real? Oh, is this team for real? The magic question. See, see Jason coming straight with it. Y'all, we're Vikings fans. If you want to root for a team that you know is good or that you know is bad, then you shouldn't be true. We're never going to know. We're never going to know how good this team is. They could win four in a row after the two in a row they just won, and we still wouldn't be too sure how they're going to do in the playoffs. So enjoy the roller coaster ride, y'all. You know, Jay, we always say, this version of the Vikings cannot hurt us anymore. So we're just we're just in it for the good times, for the excitement. This has been probably the most exciting Viking season in in the last few years. And they're not even that they're five and five. Up and down and up and down. We're on the roller coaster. The ride is nowhere near finished. So can I tell you if they're for real? No, I can't. I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> All right, well, that's it. That was the show, everyone. Thanks for cutting. No, so we can't tell if they're for real. If we're looking at DOA, DVOA, they're around 11th. If you're looking at like the tiers that you might get from from many others, uh, they are sitting right in like tier three. And that's the thing Mm -hmm. like, throughout the season, through the good, through the bad, our Vikings team has pretty much been in the same place if you're looking at analytics, which is right around average. With the mm-hmm. team, with the league this year, maybe it doesn't matter if the Vikings are for real because it doesn't look like there is 
a dominant team in either conference at this point. So maybe given that as Vikings fans, we know that, you know, we don't know which one of our teams is going to show up. Could this be maybe that magical sort of year that you've always told us is the one that we should be waiting for, which is like the Vikings aren't going to win it all when they're 13 and I guess now 14 and three dominating the league, going through, doing all the things. It's going to be one of those years where like, we don't know what this team is from year to year. And maybe everyone else doesn't know what the hell they're doing either. And that's just the window that we need Mm -hmm. to go in and make some noise. Is that maybe what you're feeling? Like, we know we don't know what the Vikings are. We know it's very possible that they can go lay an egg in the next game. But given what you've seen through the rest of the league, is there anything out there that's making you feel like this team can't compete with any of the other teams in the NFC? Why why not us, right? So it's interesting. I just want to say real quick, you mentioned DVOA. So the Vikings actually, after this win against the Packers, they dropped in their DVOA rankings because football outsiders actually wasn't that high on the Green Bay Packers. So that kind of goes speaks to what you're saying about the NFC teams. The Dallas Cowboys have struggled losing to Kansas City um, and, and dropping a couple games before that. You know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have struggled losing to the Washington football team. Feels like every team at the top of the NFC, NFC has had a bad loss. I don't know if the Vikings have had that bad of a loss, you know? So so we've got a team here who's going to play anybody, regardless of how good or bad they are, get to the playoffs. I'm not saying get in with a seven seed. I don't want that. But yeah, if you can challenge and get to a five seed, you know, win a game on the road, that's when I would put them in that frisky category. It's a long way to go to get there. And if you want to get your hopes up about the Vikings making a playoff run, you have to realize that's going to happen on the road, not at U.S. Bank Stadium. It's probably going to be on the road. And that's why this next game is so important against San Francisco 49ers. It's a game, to be honest, it's only Tuesday. I'm still enjoying the Green Bay win. So I haven't looked at the 49ers game in in depth, but I see already that this is another solid NFC team and the Vikings are playing away from home. So it's a it's a chance to prove that they can do what they're going to need to do in order to win a Super Bowl this year. Yeah, and we don't need to look too far ahead, yeah. but like, we don't even really have to get too deep into it. The Vikings at 5-5, five and five, if the playoffs started today, would be yeah. the sixth seed. The Saints are sitting yeah. at 5-5, five and five, they would be the seven. And San Francisco also at 5-5, five and five, sitting at eight. So obviously, from a playoff leverage perspective, this come upcoming game is a really important one. But we can get to that in a minute, because like you said, you know, as the folks in Green Bay would have it, have you say, like, the Vikings just won their Super Bowl, which, like... Come on. Why do like they all say of that? that? Was a bit ridiculous. Why, why do they say that? I sent I sent my man, my Wisconsin dude, one gif, and he's like, man, stop acting like you won the Super Bowl. Is that really what you think I'm going to do after the Vikings win the Super Bowl? You think I'm going to send you a gif? I'm going to be doing be way Vegas. more than that. Yeah, we're going to be, be in Vegas. Vegas I feel like okay? we talked about this. <laughs> yeah, we're not, we may not even go to the parade. We're just going straight to <laughs> Vegas. I am not sending out gifts to Wisconsinites after we win the Super Bowl. So Packers fans need to stop telling themselves that lie. 
I'm sorry. I got on a rant. What was the question? Hey, well, I guess the question, this game, let's talk about this game. Mm. Because this game, the last game, we started to see some like some whispers of it maybe a little bit earlier in some of the things we saw on special teams. But like, I don't know, coaching-wise, the offensive scheme that we're seeing, Mike Zimmer, even in the way he's talking about the team and talking about Kirk Cousins, it all seems a bit different. So if we don't know if the Vikings are for real, I'm going to maybe ask you this then. Do we feel like Mike Zimmer is turning a corner? Because if we look at the whole season, Mike Zimmer and his fourth down calls still towards the very bottom of the league. But if we just look at the last couple of weeks, Mike Zimmer's hanging out right around average in the league. How do we feel about it? Is Zim finally evolving? Did the seat get warm enough to make him change his ways? What do you think on this? Like, has Zim done enough to win you back? Do you have hope for moving forward? Or do you think the first time Kirk actually throws one of those interceptions, we're going right back to, to what it used to be? I wouldn't be surprised if he goes right back. I think winning solves everything. And I think the issue with Mike Zimmer having been here so long is that a lot of fans have settled on their opinion of him, on his defensive mindedness, on his leadership style, and most importantly, how he thinks of the offense. I I would just challenge you fans to stop being so, so inept in how we view Mike Zimmer and, and whether the offense performs or not. Maybe, like I've always said, Mike Zimmer doesn't care about the offensive side of the ball at all. Like we've seen him ask his quarterback to be more aggressive in 2017. We've seen his, him ask to be his quarterback to be more conservative with Kirk Cousins. So if the quarterback's playing well, Mike Zimmer is going to say good things about him. If the quarterback's not playing well, Mike Zimmer is going to say bad things about him and not want him to have, get the ball as much. It's not that complicated. The guy, no matter what you think about Mike Zimmer, you should be giving him equal credit and blame for offensive success or failures. I don't like this, this setup where every time the, the offense plays poorly, it's Mike Zimmer's fault. Every time... The offense plays well. It's the quarterback, and it's, it's the offensive coordinator who takes the credit. No, it's just Mike Zimmer his, being his same old Mike Zimmer. He wants the offense to score a lot of points, and if they don't, then he's going to trust his defense to try to win football games. Yeah, you're you're muted. You're muted. Got so excited over here with the folks from Facebook coming through. Put myself on mute, left myself on mute, but wanted to give a shout out to Matt coming through. Matt was over here letting us know. I mean, he's keeping the bar high, and I love to see that. Anything less than an (laughs) NFT championship. And Zim got to get up out of here. I love seeing it. Love keeping the bar high. No need to get caught up in the excitement of a couple wins and lower our standards because they got us feeling good again. And Patrick coming through from the Bay Area, giving us the news from the ground, letting us know how it's going on. And uh, I don't know. I guess we we'll have to check in with Patrick all week long to figure out how things are going, how folks are feeling out in the Bay. But let's hop back into the next thing, which is, you know, we got Dan over here talking about 
how conservative things have been. And, um, you know, even after the game, Kirk was almost, it seemed like he maybe was a little mad at himself for making some plays that weren't the smart play. The plays worked out, but the process was bad. And Kirk wanted to let us know right away, some of those plays, he shouldn't have made those plays. He shouldn't have done that. Those were plays he shouldn't have made. And like, he might, like, if it was up to him, he might not do that thing again because he knew he was playing with fire. There were some turnover-worthy plays that, you know, the bounces went our way. How do you feel hearing that from Kirk, given that, like, you know, letting it rip, making some of those bad plays when you have a Justin Jefferson and an Adam Thielen out there catching passes are actually okay plays? Like, did that make you nervous that maybe Kirk was going to shell up as we move forward? Oh, but I, you know, I don't listen to the post-game interviews like that. I think that quote's hilarious. I think I've watched Kirk make some, a lot of dumb plays over the last four years. Okay. I've seen him throw short of the sticks. I've seen him take a knee on third down. I've seen him play a, play a full down on one shoe instead of taking a timeout. I think I've seen him slide short of the sticks. So for those, those for those almost interceptions to be dumb in his mind, those are the best dumb plays Kirk Cousins has ever made. Keep on throwing the ball down field, Kirk Cousins. It's okay if you throw an interception. We're not going to turn on you. We're going to understand. You've thrown 21 touchdowns and two interceptions this year. Nobody's going to be like, man, Kirk only, only threw 21 touchdowns and three interceptions in his first 12 games of 2021 no keep on taking these risks because it's working and you know what the main takeaway should be it's like hey i took a risk and it didn't get intercepted that's also a possibility when you go deep a lot of good things can happen for the offense either a penalty or a catch so yeah net like daniel saying never smarten up keep on playing dumb for cousins <laughs> I do. I think there was a fascinating view into how Kirk Cousins thinks, though, because if if those interceptions do get like if he throws an interception and then you ask him about it afterwards, he's very careful with his words and will dance around and like it really won't be like his fault for throwing an interception. But then like when he makes a bad read, almost throws an interception, but it goes for a big play. He's like walking it back right away to let us like. Okay, like, I feel like I understand a little bit more about you, but, like, don't smarten up, please, at all. My bad, guys. I was trying trying to win the game, guys. My bad. (laughs) That's my fault. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have thrown it up to Justin Jefferson. It was the wrong read. C.J. Ham was open in the flat. Next time, I'm telling you. C.J. Ham. I mean, we'll have to turn over the ball, but it was the right read. Uh, Next time, where's that stalker guy? We got to throw it to stalker. (laughs) so flip walk me through like just your thoughts your feelings your emotions of this game that in the beginning as often happens it felt like hey this is another game the vikings are gonna run away with and then as is Mm -hmm. our custom we're like oh shit let's let the other team back in the game because you know we forget to play defense and like maybe aren't doing as much on offense anymore. And it's like, oh, damn, like, they're winning. How did this happen? Like, walk me through your feelings on this game. Were you feeling comfortable, confident the whole way through? Or did that that 
feeling of dread that we've come so accustomed to, did that start to creep in as like Aaron Rodgers and the Packers started to do what we've seen so many other teams do to us over the course of the season? Yeah, I think what was noticeable about that game is just the way they were passing it. They were trying to win the game. So a lot of the things that we saw in the first half were pretty routine for the Minnesota Vikings. They were balanced. They ran it just as much as they passed the ball, but the passes were further downfield. The defense also was struggling. They couldn't generate a, a big pass rush on Aaron Rodgers. And you know, that's just an issue when you're playing against 2020 NFL MVP, you know, sooner or later, he's going to get his if you're not getting consistent pressure on him. And you saw that wasn't happening. So I always thought that a comeback might be a possibility. But knowing that the offense was going to continue to try to push it downfield, throwing it to Justin Jefferson, throwing it to Adam Thielen, really, really gave me hope for, hey, maybe we can pull this one off. And it's always helpful when Mason Crosby's dinking uh, a field goal off the post, too. That's that's when you know you got some mojo on your side. I don't know. We had the extra point, though. Like, you know, there's all the things that, like, is, is it going our way? But, you know, in the end, the good see, guys won. So, like, see, see, yes. Jay and I always used to have this conversation. I'm a fan of the close game. I want to be watching at the end. I bite my nails on a Wednesday, so I'm happy to bite them on a Sunday. Jason, Jason is more of a blowout guy. He wants to see the blowouts because he enjoys that. So these games are right up my alley. Us, Maybe. I just want to see us put it on some – I want to know that we're a dominant team. I just want to have that – it's been a long time since we've had that team that could go in and just put a hurting on some other teams. And I miss that feeling, Flip where we just go in and like the other team doesn't even want to be on the field with us anymore. By the time as the game is over, they're just running out the string because they don't want to be there. Like, I, I just want that for us again, where we just have an yeah. actually dominant team. Cause we have so many pieces that get you close to being there. Like we have so many of the right pieces for today's NFL to be a dominant team. I just want to see us put a game together from start to, to finish and run some of these folks out of the gym. I can't couple. hate on that. Maybe we'll save it for I the playoffs. Think, we'll save them for the I'm playoffs. sure you're not the only one, Jay. I'm sure you're not the only one. <laughs> well, I guess we're saving them, though. We're saving them. We're going to go on that run. The comments have told me. We're, we're going on that run. I guess that's where it is. Flip, flip you know, we're going to have to start talking to you about lottery tickets if this Vikings team does go on a run because you've been calling what the season was going to look like for about three years now. Here we are. Looks like the crazy season. It could be the one. Uh, The next thing in the agenda, it's not even a question. I'm just going to say a a couple names to you. Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Talk to me about it. Badass motherfucker. That's what I (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Look at what can you even say? Uh, more than anyone could ever expect from a second-year wide receiver, for him to grow off of a historic rookie season, to be challenging Randy Moss records, breaking Randy Moss records, with seven games left in this season, it is just—it's a blessing, and I love watching his career. 
he's got every element of the game at wide receiver. His release, his catch radius, his speed, uh, his ability to block, the way they're incorporating in him into run plays. Uh, watching him catch that touchdown out of the backfield is just the stuff that makes your heart flutter. So, mm, badass. Badass. badass and the, the creativity around how they started figuring out how to get him the ball because i know that miles before um one of the things that was frustrating the hell out of him as you know our resident wide receiver the the one who played wide receiver at the highest level amongst everyone and on on climbing the pocket was just the idea that like kirk and like the offensive staff was like well they're playing too deep so like how are we going to get the ball to justin jefferson like what are we going to do they're double teaming him like how do we get him the football? It's like, guys, like, come on, figure it out. So, like, now yeah, we see the seriously. jet sweep. We see him lining up in the backfield. Maybe they went and watched some Cordero Patterson film to figure out how they could get the ball to Justin Jefferson. But whatever it is that they did, here we are. And, yeah, the man is unguardable. And it is just a pleasure. It is a joy to watch him light up opposing teams week over week and it's so much fun for a team like ours that is not in a major market that doesn't get the love from the mainstream folks just seeing the timeline during our last game where like every major media personality was losing their shit over justin jefferson and everything he was doing in that game it was just yeah just everything about it was just a joy to watch both on the field on twitter on social media just everywhere the man is a star and it is beautiful to watch it happening and i am just happy that the team has finally figured out that it doesn't matter what the opposing team is doing we are going to get justin jefferson the football period doesn't matter where we have to line him up play dumb just throw it to him damn it (laughs) play dumb (laughs) They watch some Case Keenum tape and just get to it. You got to love it, man. You got to love it. Zimmer telling Kirk, keep throwing him up. Case Keenum was probably at home. Triggered as hell. Like, (laughs) wait, wait, what? 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 (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, the last thing, I know that you said you don't want to look too far ahead. But, uh, I mean, we can't help ourselves. We were worried about the stretch of the schedule that the Vikings just came through. And after the season started, it looked like, oh, damn, like people might get fired before the bye. Here we are at five and five, and the schedule is uh, getting a bit more favorable. Can you look ahead for me just a little bit, Flip? Can you can you look at the schedule? Do you feel like this team is now poised to really get some momentum behind them coming out of what was supposed to be the harder part of the schedule. I don't, I don't even know who we're playing, Jay. Honestly, I know we're, we're playing San Francisco next Dave, yeah, Maybe yeah. Dave has a schedule. Um, San all Francisco, I know is the lions, the Steelers, the bears are the next four matchups for the team. All I'm saying is I saw some people saying, hey, we can get into the playoffs at four and three. That is unacceptable. Nine and eight is unacceptable. That is right back where we've been for the last 25 years. Okay. I don't want nine and eight. I want 
10 wins or 10 losses. Show me who you are now over the course of the next seven games. Don't wait until the first round of the playoffs. No, I want to see you prove that you belong, streak into the playoffs. It shouldn't matter who's on the schedule, to be honest, Jay. After watching the last 10 games, we could be playing the the Chiefs or we could be playing the Washington football team. We're probably going to put out the same product. So, <laughs> David, you got to make that schedule bigger. I mean, no one can see that right now. Yeah, make it bigger. Something. So, I mean, <laughs> oh, oh, wow. You're going to cover me up. Oh, I'm you, the one talking. You're going to cover me up. There we go. There we go. <laughs> I'm just, I don't, like, we could beat the 49ers and lose to the to the Detroit Lions. So I don't care that much on who we're playing. I do care about how many games we win. And I want to be in that five seed. Anything less than the five seed, I think, is a disappointment for where we are right now in the season and how this team looks in terms of, you know, getting to 500 through the tough part of their schedule. Love it. And uh, shout out to Steven. I've lost his comment, but I think he's somewhere in here. I think I saw his comment we- from Steven saying, repping all the way from Australia. <laughs> so, you know, shout out to shout out to Steven. Uh, we got Clifford in there. I, I Clifford. See you, Clifford. Clifford. I see you. My man. There he you wins. are. Good to see you. <laughs> don't we, we, we got, we play the Bears twice, don't we? Yeah. We're we're all these people. Where's where's Ted Glover? We're all these boys who are crying over the fact that we didn't draft Justin Fields. Where are they? Where are they? I mean, I, oh, I might have right I might have been okay with this Justin. One's right. Here. I might have been okay with this driving Justin Fields. Shit, I okay. still might be okay if we draft Justin Fields. Mac Jones too. All right, all right. But, you know, stick with it. We didn't. We didn't, and here we are. Yeah, and we're Bad chilling. Bad looking. They they do die hard. They do die hard. <laughs> but that's it. I feel like that's all the stuff we wanted to cover today. We wanted to just live and bask in the joy of the victory over the Packers. You know, there was no parade, so I guess it wasn't the Super Bowl. We got to keep going. We got to play another game. We got to go on the road. Uh, Who would have thought? I know you haven't looked all the way ahead. Do you? How do you feel about this matchup? Outside of the fact that we probably won't have either of our starting tackles against a team that loves to run the football, um, <laughs> do, 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 do you have any other any any other thoughts on how this game might go? Is this going to be our get back for what they did to us a couple seasons back in the playoffs? I don't think anything's changed from a couple seasons ago back in the playoffs. I mean, are are both of our defensive and offensive lines are pro- are the weaknesses of the team? Uh, Everson Griffin is still tired, just like he was back in in 2019. And, well, invite us next time, Mary. And and the offensive line. I'm I'm glad that they've had a couple weeks off to not be a center of attention, but I I really have concern there. So I it just it seems like the only way we win this game is if we throw the ball to Justin Jefferson. <laughs> there we go. We got to air it out. And Daniel, I know all their running backs are hurt. My fantasy teams are suffering. So thank you for bringing that up. It hurts. 
But that's it. That's the show. We've run through it. We'll have more shows coming later this week that'll get into a bit more of the preview action. Uh, and to tell you a bit about what's coming up, David, come back to us. Talk about what's cra- what's cracking. Where you at? I'm coming. I'm coming. Hold on. Put down the bourbon. Talk to the no, people. No, I like the bourbon. <laughs> I like it a whole lot. Um, what we got is tomorrow night, we have a special guest that's going to be joining us. His name is Niner Beto on Vikings Happy Hour. Niner Beto, right here. That's his avatar. That's what he looks like. Yeah, well, yeah, sort of. Very much so. He is from San Francisco, been reports on San Francisco. He uh, runs uh, Niner Sickness 49, and uh, you can find him on Twitter. You can find him on YouTube. Great, great show. Does a lot of stuff. Uh, He will be joining the crew for happy hour tomorrow night. It should be a fun show as we break down the game this weekend and maybe talk about some of the greats old time, how Anthony Carter fucking whooped up on San Francisco way back in the day. Maybe some things like that. Who knows? We'll see. And then it's the holiday. I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Eat tons of food. Drink good beverage to help wash it down. And then we rejoin everything on Saturday for two old bloggers where myself and Darren uh, talk about the game. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. <laughs> but Daniel got Dave for that one. Uh-huh. I can barely, barely see, see Dave me? in the circle. <laughs> hey, how about that? Yeah. No, oh, you know, you're, you're, still you're still blending in, man. You're, you're still blending <laughs> oh, in, bud. Because I'm wearing the camouflage <laughs> yeah. today. Hey, hey, shit happens. I like it. <laughs> Oh, thank you, everybody. Uh, and if you haven't already, tell your friends, like, subscribe, yes. join in the fun. We're just bell, short of a thousand subscribers. We need to hit a thousand. We only need like 22 more. That's it. That's all. That's the show. Dave, play the music. Skull, everybody. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell. And if you're listening on your favorite aggregator, Make sure you rate us, and always feel free to join the conversation here at Climbing the Pocket. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.